Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Today I have the pleasure of chatting with guest narrator Stella Bloom. Welcome to Audiobook Loving Stella. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. For those that may not know you, why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you became a narrator. Sure. Um, I've been narrating since 2013. Uh, I started at Audible when they were doing a bunch of Alora's Cave titles. It was a summer of Alora's Cave, and I did one of my favorite books uh, that summer, Reaper's Property, which is a, an MC motorcycle club book by Joanna Wilde. And I've just been kind of working with them and other companies ever since. When you just mentioned that, I'm going, oh, that's right, you were in there. I've listened to so many of your books. Oh, at this point, I'm going, oh, that's right, you were in that one too. That's why I like mm-hmm. it so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so once you've been cast for a, um, for a title, how do you uh, prep for a new book? Um, I definitely read the whole thing before I get in the booth to record. And I try to uh, make sure that I know what the characters sound like and also look up any words I don't know so that I can pronounce them correctly as I'm going through. Um, And yeah, pretty much just get a feel for kind of the, the narrative arc of the story and where the main characters are at any given time. And then, like I said, really uh, find voices that I feel like represent them well, but also uh, are sustainable through the whole book. That is true. You don't mm-hmm. want to give someone that high-pitched voice or that really deep, dark, gravelly voice and then to come to find out that they're the hero in book four. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> when it's a series, you definitely want to give all of, I, I, I do a lot of series where the first book will introduce an entire team of men who are then the heroes for the rest of the series. So you want them all to sound good but different also when they're all in the same room together. That is true. I've, um, that's one thing I've learned from you guys as narrators that when it comes down to these scenes where there are multiple characters, not just one or two or three, I'm talking about like six or more. Yeah, or eight. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and the fact that you have to make sure that they all sound different enough so the listener can understand who's speaking, doing what. Yeah. How, how do you end up deciding like in that moment or, or before you obviously get to that moment, but how do you decide how a character is really going to sound when there's so many of them, when you have such a large volume of characters included? Um, it, so if it's a series with, for example, I mean, I find it most difficult when it's a scene with like all of the male characters that are ever going to appear in the series, because you want to make sure, like I said, that they have voices that actually you want to listen to for a whole book, even if it's not the current book. Um, and it's always really helpful if somebody has like a little bit of an accent because that's a good way to differentiate them. But I would say I just make sure to decide before I begin the book and if it's a series before I begin the series to say like, okay, so this character is like this and he's going to have this voice or she's going to have this voice. And when they're all in the same uh, room together, then these are the ways that they're going to be differentiated. And I really try to not give any of the characters even when they're not in the same room together, like the same voice. So um, it's kind of a million different shades of basically my um, 
male catalog, my male vocal <laughs> catalog. Um, and I also find it really helpful sometimes to think of celebrities uh -huh. in my head. I don't know if other people do that. Um, they do. Yeah, right. <laughs> or it can be like, okay, yeah, that's more, it's more, um, uh, who would I use a lot? Um, why can't I not remember his name? I'm thinking Russell Crowe, but that's not who, uh, that's not who it is. This is so crazy that I can't remember his name. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that can help too. Based on how the personality is and how the character interacts with other people, it, it's it's a lot it's to try to figure out, especially as a woman, you can only go so low. Yes. And yeah, but you also don't want to give anybody who, um, kind of not a, you, I mean, you want to make sure that they sound like men. So you can't, uh, you can't go much higher than the male register, but also you don't want to be comically low. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a fun challenge. But it's kind of remarkable to me, actually, when I started, I was like, oh, this is going to be so hard. I mean, I I've never thought about male, like the, the difference in what male voices I can do. Uh, but then as you actually read a book and start to prep it, you realize, first of all, like you said, the author gives you all these hints about like how one person sounds one way and another person sounds another way, just like with the female characters. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's crazy how, how different, how subtle, how subtle a difference can be, especially when you're so close to the microphone. You do a fantastic job when it comes down to the multiple characters that are both female and males and your range for the guys, it's just like dead spot. Like, oh, that's right, it's Stella. Um, <laughs> for a second there, you almost forget. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, this. yeah you, you start swooning over the voice of the character plus what he's saying and then you're going, oh, that's right, it's Stella. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you. That is the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Audiobooks have moved forward a lot and are very popular now. And people mm -hmm. have started to realize how important it is to have this format available to the masses. And yeah. it's gone through very different um, morphs as far as originally back in the day, it was just the one person doing the whole book. And, you know, in the past couple of years, they've been doing the dual point of view, so dual narration. And now there's also the duet narration um have you done duets i haven't what what are they i've definitely done dual pov but explain it to me maybe i have and i don't realize it's that so duet is when you do all the female voices and the guy does all the guy voices regardless of whose chapter it is oh that sounds great no i haven't done that yet oh you need to so if you ever get a chance to do a, du a, a duet definitely you know look at it and see if you can want if you wanted to do it do you have a favorite duet? Um, I have favorite, some favorite books, and I have some favorite duets and stuff. It's like asking me to pick a kid. Hey, um, <laughs> first two or three that come to mind, or the first one that comes to mind, doesn't yeah. have to be an official favorite. Well, Lauren Blakely does a lot of, has done a lot more duet style and even multicasts. And that's kind of how I got to start listening to her in that style. And so like, um, see, who was it? Oh, um, Shane East is, an, is a, one of the, my favorite male narrators. And he's done a bunch of them with Lauren. There's just so many out there nowadays, but it, it's really fun. Um, I can always send you a link to come for you to check them out a little bit so you can see how that sounds. That sounds great. Oh, awesome.
So when it comes down to at least the duel and the solo, do you have a preference in doing the book all by yourself or if the dual point of view is something that you prefer and like better? Well, I feel like the, uh, the question between solo and dual POV leaving duet to the side for a moment, it's mm -hmm. like, it's actually pretty similar when you're in the booth because you're still by yourself, um, always doing your own chapters, right? Yeah. Um, I think that I might have a stronger preference for a duet if I had ever done that because it's like you're really in the room with someone with the banter and the scene and the <laughs> drama, which sounds so fun. Um, but for dual POV, I feel like that's a it, it provides something really cool for the listener, which is that you have two different voices instead of just like my idea of what the hero will think in his chapters. Um, so there's that side of it. But then at the on the other side, I kind of like the artistic license to really craft the whole book so that's also fun um and i know that all the voices that i'm doing are consistent throughout the book and as opposed to uh well no matter what i'm going to sound different from the male narrator uh, or the female narrator depending on which uh what what dual pov it is but um so yeah i think they both have they both have their strong points um but i would like to get into the studio and with another person. I think that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, I will send you a, a list of some of the books that I love that are done duet. You can check them yeah. out. Yeah, that'd be fun. When it comes down to doing a book that's done in, in dual point of view, do you usually reach out to the other narrator, the other narrator reaching out to you to ensure that things are a little bit consistent as far as like accents and all that other fun stuff? Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we we have a little chat about how people will sound and we send send each other um, clips of how we're going to sound because there are a couple books where I'm like, it's going to be my standard voice. And then there are others where I'm like, this is going to be actually how I do it. So it's going to sound different than my clips that are up on Audible. Um, and that's the case for male narrators as well. So it's, it's cool to get on the same page. I had an experience, I know we're going to talk about the Rising series, but I had an experience with um, the guy playing... Cassius, uh, where we were trying to figure out one character, and I was like, I really see him as like a, this actor, um, like a Rupert Everett. And he was like, Me too. Great, <laughs> it was so great. We're like, That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, so that's always fun. Yeah, that series is definitely something that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But mm -hmm. yeah, because I can go on and on and on about that one. You guys did such a great job on that one. Thank you. It's really epic. Yeah. Um, that series had a lot and it kind of ties in with the next question in regards to accents we always love them when you guys do them um do you have a favorite accent to perform i really love well actually i guess i have two i was gonna say that i love english rp um but i also really like american southern i have uh southern roots so i like to do i like to do a southern character um but i definitely yeah i love i love british i love to pretend that i'm in England. <laughs> and I also just think it's very satisfying to give like a hero a British accent. I find it very, um, very sexy. <laughs> it's yeah, again, it's just one of those that's definitely a standard where we tend to swoon when we hear it. Yes. Um, well, I think it auto at least in my voice, I think it automatically makes your voice a little richer and rounder. Like an American accent is kind of like, oh, it's perfect for contemporary romance because it's here. And then as soon as you do a British accent, it really kind of gets farther back in you, you know, like it's just around, you know? Yeah. 
it's true. Um, I think it's one of those when there are characters in the book and the author has given us different accents. I'm going, mm -hmm. yay, it's so exciting. So I'm like, how is this going to play out? Yeah. Because everybody does it so differently sometimes. And then I've also learned that, yes, there's, you know, the British accent, but there's like a bunch of different types of British accents based on where exactly. the, per the person's from or the character in this case. And I'm going, I don't think I can totally tell totally, you know, <laughs> but I'm okay with whatever you guys do. <laughs> well, that's great to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do a, a bad accent, especially if it's like a regional English accent as opposed to what what I think I can do, which is a sort of an, a Queen's English type mm -hmm. of or English accent. It's an interesting thing that you learn um, when you're hanging out with other Brits. Um. <laughs> exactly. On the flip side, what's the hardest accent for you to perform? I have a hard time with any accents where I have to uh, roll my R's. Um, so I would say Scottish, even though I have had to do that several times and I enjoy it. Um, including in the Rising series, um, and also in another Kristen Ashley series, uh, The Three, there was a Scottish hero who was a, a werewolf, and that was really fun. But yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that doesn't come quite as naturally to me, and so every time I have to do Italian or any Spanish accent, or I start to feel like, oh my god, does this sound stupid, does it sound cheesy, <laughs> am I doing a bad job? Uh, but I just have to work harder at it, which um, is also rewarding. You've uh, narrated in various different genres. Is there a favorite subgenre of romance to perform that you'd like to do? I do love contemporary romance. I love, uh, I love a situation where both the hero and the heroine um, are you know, yeah, let's see, what's an example of this? There, I, I, I know there are a bunch of genres like, you know, friends or enemies to lovers or friends to lovers or that kind of thing. And I, oh, I the different I, tropes? Tropes, yes. I don't know that I can get too uh, detailed about like favorite tropes, but yeah, I do love, I guess I love a sort of zany, um, quirky heroine in a contemporary romance who falls in love with a um a sort of um how to put this more silent strong side type of type of uh dynamic oh god <laughs> the brooding hero that always gives you the quote-unquote dirty look but he's just quiet got it <laughs> that's right yeah i guess like a modern day sort of mr darcy type. yes uh yeah. who you think you and then doesn't of course secretly pining away uh, but the meanwhile the heroine is very funny and like just trying to make her life work and is kind of always mad at him they always find their happy endings don't they <laughs> they do they have a way of doing that but definitely i, I love comedic i love comedic contemporary yeah is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in that you'd like to Yes, thank you for asking this. Um, I would love, speaking of British accents, I would love to do a Regency romance. And I would really love to. Um, I was actually just revisiting uh, I Bet You by Ilsa Madden Mills. And the beginning, in the clip, it's like the heroine, it's a contemporary romance, but the heroine is reading a historical. I was just thinking like, I want to do a, I want to record the book that this heroine is reading in this book. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I would love to do that. Just dive into that world.
it's always interesting when it comes down to historicals. It's I, I've read and rather I listened to a few of them and the tropes tend to be almost more or less the same, like the the crazy vicar or the duke that's just wild, and then the, yeah. the maiden who is stuck having to marry the ass, or right. you know having to prove something. But some of the, to me, the the words I'm going, hey, was that word used back then? And sure enough, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> so those are always fun to kind of learn some new things. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was around back then. Any any particular words you can think of right now? Well, for an example, there was one book um, by Monica Burns. She hasn't gone in her books in the audio yet, but we're working on that. Um, just literally the word fuck, you know? Oh. Yeah. People were, some of the reviews, um, and this has happened in other historicals when it comes down to some of those swear words that people tend to think that they were, they're new and they're not. One of the things I love about your narration is that you used to actually have this specific kind of tone cadence to to you as in your voice and um a, a friend of mine that also is a huge audiobook lover um said that she had listened to you in just the tip and she's like yeah the the, the heroine yeah. had a lot of spunk and had such a great attitude and so we're like i wonder where you pull that from because again i i see it in a lot of the heroines there's something that it's like i'm like oh i wonder if that's stella because i like it you know, that little spunky, sarcastic, uh, but it's in your tone. It's not just the, you know, it, it literally you can, it like emanates a little bit when I'm listening. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, I love, I love a spunky heroine. That's like mm -hmm. my favorite type to narrate uh, in the contemporary romance genre. Um, so the question is kind of where I get that from. Yeah. Where the choice comes from. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I think it's organic. I would say that it's, I would say it's kind of loving the character. It's, you know, knowing that this person is going through something real. And I find a lot of these women relatable or, you know, these contemporary situations, like they're so, they're fun. And yet there's an interesting um, conflict at some point. And, and yeah, it's kind of, it, what is, I just feel like all these women are art, you know, they're, they're going through life and they're falling in love. And, you know, and that in just the tip, uh, she's, having a bad day at work um, and she's a waitress and I've been a waitress and I totally get that. And <laughs> I feel like even when things are uh, going poorly, all of these women have a sense of humor about it. And I love that so much. So I think that's where it, that kind of tongue in cheek, oh my God, I'm having a bad day, but maybe I'll fall in love, but probably not. But oh my gosh, that guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But that's also just like when the guy sometimes is, not necessarily being an ass or anything like that, but is trying to either, again, not really mansplaining, but there's just something about the character where the, the female goes, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no heroin. Yes, exactly. We have brought it up a little bit before um, the, the series The Rising, which is by Kristen Ashley. Now, I know that you've narrated other stuff for her and that I yes. always loved. This series is a spinoff of her Fantasyland series, but it's it's done uniquely mm -hmm. in that it's multicast and my goodness, it's a big cast. It is. Um, and it's just one of those where each of you guys were selected to do a character. And then when it comes into your chapter, you're that character and anybody else that pops in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a unique world because it's made up. But there's a lot of things like I've, the accents, like you were mentioning Scottish. There's a lot of different little nuances when it comes down to the dialects and the different regions in this series. 
that you guys kind of have to prep for. How was this, you know, how was recording this book when it comes down to the experience? Did you guys get the chance to chat with each other or? All of us, uh, many of us who were recording at Audible had the same engineer to kind of keep us, keep us honest about other people's voices. Um, and, and prior to getting into the, to the uh, booth, we would be emailing with each other. I think we had a, an enormous spreadsheet and like a large uh, folder of sound files of everybody's main character that they would upload. And we would be like, okay, great. That's, that's Hala. Um, and, or, you know, Aramis or whoever. Uh, and yeah, just kind of go from there. Um, that's generally how people prepped together when they have a dual POV or anything. And so, um, so yeah, it was just kind of like a dual POV, but way more, yeah. <laughs> like a, whatever, 20, whatever the, uh, adjective equivalent of 20 people for the word dual would be, um, yeah, cause it's, but it's, it's, yeah, so it, it's a big project, but it was also exciting because, you know, whereas before I, it would, if I was doing the whole series by myself, for example, I would be, I would have like of characters to decide on by myself. And instead it's like, oh, we have, we have all these incredible narrators who are like, this is what this person sounds like. And that was to be able to pull on, to be able to draw on. You played, um, rather you voiced um, Princess Elena. Yes. And um, the way that this series works out, the main characters, there's four different couples, so a total of eight. And they all get coupled, um, coupled up, paired up rather, based on some stuff that's going on, because I don't want to give anything away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, your character is very much, they don't need a man. They, you know, it's very much like almost like the Amazon women, you know, like Wonder Woman's backstory a bit, right? Yes. Uh, it, it, was, it was great to hear that. But you end up getting paired up with the, the, the guy who comes from a, a region where they don't like women so much. <laughs> Yeah. How was it to kind of work with that as far as being so independent and in this one character and having to then play Cassius, who is, is very much, I kind of wanted to, you know, how would you describe him? Because I kind of wanted to say that it was like almost, oh, what is his name? Now I'm blanking out. He's kind of like warrior Mr. Darcy a little bit. Yeah. He's that um, crabby. <laughs> I don't like you in the beginning and then I come around and then I love you more than anything else kind of <laughs> uh, character. Um, and also, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. But it, with this, he was, he was also a warrior. Um, but were you thinking of an actor? I'm curious. If yeah, you were I was thinking, thinking of, an of an actor and it's just one of those things because they reminded me of Russell Crowe a bit. Yeah. 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 Russell Crowe. A little bit kind of like, the the whole like fuck off kind of thing <laughs> you know because he because yeah. the character didn't mind telling you that if that's what he was thinking which is one of the reasons why i, I loved and adore cassius was that he just told you how it was you know yeah. right yeah um so what was it like uh well you know i think there's something really great about knowing when you start a character like that that he's mm-hmm. going to start out as a bit of a chauvinist and somebody (laughs) who um, doesn't respect Elena uh, for being the fierce woman and warrior that she is, but that you know by the end of the series that he 
learns the error of his ways um, and also falls head over heels in love with her whilst while not losing who he is in the process and neither does she. And they come together on this like really gorgeous equal footing. Um, and that's, that's what's great and fun about it. And so, you know, recording him was pretty easy in that respect, just that like, he was a character I recognized. I mean, I think that we've, we see this guy all over the place and making him gruff and unapproachable in the beginning was actually kind of fun. And then, you know, softening him as, as the series went and having them fall in love, yeah. Now, the main character of Cassius, as well as um, Prince True, was voiced yeah. by John Harley. Mm -hmm. earlier in the month to do oh. the audiobook loving so i was like That's so great. excited he was so yeah. sweet i think he has one of the most beautiful voices i love it so much yes yeah. he does i did not know and it happened with one of the when you were voicing some of the other ones in your chapter i did not know that he voiced both cassius and true i thought it was two separate actors yeah he's that good and then when i get the list from from Kristen, i'm going uh who what <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He's really great. Did you get any kind of direction from either the author, in this case, Kristen, or Audible, as far as the dialects and the accents for this series? Because again, it's, it's a massive. I mean, the first book alone is 15 hours. <laughs> yes. Um, so is the question specifically about direction for accents or just direction in general? Um, in, for accents and in general, again, just kind of giving you that Mm -hmm. bit of info before you dive in uh well I was asked can you do a Scottish accent and I was like you know what yes I can because I have done a Scottish werewolf or a Christian Ashley book before so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh I think mostly they ask they want to know that you can do the accent without having to um try really hard mm -hmm. uh, so yeah I think most people had all of these dialects but even once you dive in, it's like, okay, so this person has a kind of pseudo-Italian or this, this yes. region in this fantasy series is pseudo-Italian and like, that's a whole other accent. Um, so we, you know, we all just kind of got on the same page, especially when you would have a main character who's from a particular region, like take Cassius, for example, you'd be imitating his accent, which is Scottish um, or any other character from any other region, just imitate them as opposed to kind of going on your own and I mean, this is how I do it. I don't know necessarily that everyone does it this way, but I think you just kind of listen to the person, you have a few lines of their dialogue and then you, you basically try to sound like them. And if you aren't comfortable with the accent, then you, uh, you kind of just emulate what they sound like as opposed to thinking, what's an Italian accent, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was interesting picking those up. I'm going, that, that, that sounds a little Italian. <laughs> yeah, well, good because it's supposed to. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, Lance Greenfield did uh, mm -hmm. King Mars, and yeah. that's where in the you know area of the of the world is you know has that accent, and I'm going, oh, this is going to be interesting. But you guys have kept it throughout the entire you know the entire book and the entire series, you know, extremely consistent. And I one of the reasons why I love that series. Yeah, well, we and we did. I think I recorded all of my parts from all of the books in the same week. So we were able to, you know, yeah. Um, each, each person didn't have, like the books themselves are long, but there are so many narrators that yes. I think I only 
had probably nine to 12 hours, um, which is pretty much a standard book. Uh, so not too bad. And it was very helpful to, to do it all together. So you don't forget what this world is, who these people are, who, you know, it was nice. Yeah, I, I would think that with such a, a big concept of it, you know, the, the, the length of the books, as well as the world building that it has to do, that I'm glad that you guys were able to record it back to back or just having to yeah. have a space in between and say, how the hell did I do that again? I mean, I know you guys get the audio clips, but it's different a little bit. Exactly. You know? It's like but, you're in a flow with it if you're doing Yeah. It. So did you have a favorite character, be, you know, that you were having to voice in that series? That kind of stood out to you. I loved Elena. I mean, she was she was really rich and fun. I mean, I think that actually maybe the the thief whose name is escaping me, but that John and I both uh, were like Rupert Everett. <laughs> uh, he's the one who he's he approaches them in the woods and is this sort of jolly uh, thief. I think he's a thief. Um, oh, the one to... with the, the clams, like they were like gypsy-ish kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he was just very fun and colorful and really popped off the page. So that, that was a fun scene. And also it was like right when Cassius and Elena are kind of starting to like each other and they're running away. And yeah, so that was that was maybe my favorite scene to do. Yeah, that was fun. He came out, like he literally popped out of the pages and stuff. You guys did a great job with him. Thank you. <laughs> when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Um, I like to read books I'm not recording. Also, <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a simple woman, really. Um, but I, I love, you know, drinking wine and reading a good book or watching some a great show. You know, it's a little bit hard right now because we're all cooped up inside. So all of my fun things are are confined to the apartment. Um, but I, like, I love baking um, and I also love hiking and I hope to do it again soon. So you mentioned the, you, what you mentioned the wine. Do you have a, is it a, like a, do you prefer red or the whites? Oh, I think I prefer red. I used to prefer white, but I also, um, I have Invisalign trays right now for the past like few months. Um, and so I can't really drink red wine with them in because they'll get stained. So now I'm like, all I want is red wine. <laughs> of course, because you can't have it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I also really love a sparkling wine. I love a champagne or a sparkling rosé. I don't like sweet wine. That's the only thing. I mean, I guess maybe it was with a particular dessert. But yeah, I don't in general like a sweet wine. So many different varieties. It can be daunting a bit, you know, when it comes down to the different <laughs> flavors because they're so unique to the region and all that stuff. That's right. I, I just got uh, a shipment recently um, from a wine club and they, they gave you like a map. And um, as, as you know, all these wines from different regions or whatever. And I was like, I feel like I'm leaving the apartment, <laughs> going on a journey. <laughs> I'm in the south of France. <laughs> so I, I enjoy that aspect of it a lot. Um, although I kind of immediately forget um, what I've learned about a certain how a certain grape tastes in a certain region. Mm -hmm. um, but it is fun to be like, ah, oh, yes, I can really, I can taste that this is from the coast. I get, you know, it's salty, mm, briny. Uh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Do you have a favorite thing to bake? 
That's a great question. I recently became vegan, so I've been trying to make all of my favorite things um, without all the things that generally go into baked goods. Um, so that's been an interesting challenge. Uh, but I would say I like, I've been making scones. Mm -hmm. Those are delicious. I make these like maple pecan uh, pumpkin scones that I started making in the fall and those have been extremely gratifying. Mm -hmm. uh, I love anything with chocolate chip. I stress bought like a 20 ounce bag or whatever, like twice the normal amount bag is. I was like, I need these. Um, <laughs> they will be used. <laughs> I've been making this like tahini, uh, tahini chocolate chip cookie recently mm -hmm. too, which is delicious. Um, yeah, and then also, you know, banana bread the breads yeah it's interesting when it comes down to wanting to start baking and not having an ingredient so i can only imagine how you have to substitute stuff for you know being a vegan yeah i think it, most of the standard stuff is actually not that hard i bet where it would get really difficult is like pastries True. as opposed to their breads because vegan butter is pretty easy to mm -hmm. use just you know substitute for regular butter yeah. um and then just kind of you know, you do a flaxseed egg or a, um, or a banana and mm -hmm. that's, yes. that's all pretty easy. But if you had to do some kind of fouille or a croissant, I actually had a vegan croissant recently. It was so good, but I'm about to attempt that. I have to look mm -hmm. that up. I'm curious. Yeah. Very mm -hmm. convincing. Towards the end of the episode, I love playing a game called Would You Rather with my guests. These are, I think they're not that difficult, but I've been told that, that I'm, I'm mean and that I make them, people make hard decisions. I'm like, okay, so let's see what you think. Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or always 20 minutes early? 20 minutes early. Would you rather know the history of every object you touch or be able to talk to animals? <gasps> oh, that's uh, <laughs> talk to animals. Talk to animals. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? Teleport anywhere. Okay. Would you rather never have to clean a bathroom again or never have to do dishes? Never clean the bathroom again. That's a common consensus. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be able to control fire or water? Ooh. Um... Hmm, that's tough. Um, water. Water. Would you rather have no taste buds or be colorblind? Mm -hmm. Colorblind. I would rather, uh, rather be colorblind, yes. Mm -hmm. Would you rather always be hot or cold? The, that, that's the hard one. Uh, <laughs> I, would rather be, I would rather be hot. No, cold. I take it back. Cold. <laughs> I would rather be cold. <laughs> All right. Last one. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal masseuse? Oh, that's tough. Personal masseuse. Because I can't do that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> True. Personal <laughs> um, masseuse? Well, that wasn't so bad. No, those are pretty easy. Do you have like a lightning round? No, actually, that is usually I have guests that will try to rationalize as to why they selected one of the two, or they actually start doing almost like a pro and con list 
out loud. Well, if I talk to animals, sorry, I'm just like, this is how I feel. (laughs) No, it's great. It's, you know, I love it when they do that too. So it's, it's one of those where they kind of give you a little bit more glimpse into their personality than who they are. But at the same time, being knowing what you like, it's another way of kind of getting into there there as well. Before we go, can you mm-hmm. share with us what is coming up next? What are you working on? Uh, so like I told you earlier, I have been in the booth today recording uh, Anna Hackett's Mission Her Shield, which is uh, one of her Team 52 books. And that'll be out over the summer, I think probably late June, early July. Oh, no, wait, maybe maybe actually early June. Um, we don't have an exact date yet, but look for that in June sometime. Uh, and I, next week, will be recording Susan Stoker's Defending Raven, which is coming out June 30th. And uh, there's whispers of another series in uh, an, author, an author's universe that I've worked in frequently, but I can't say too much more. I'd say it's adventure romance as well. Um, and, you know, like I said, I really want to do some historical romance. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that's, <laughs> that's the future sometime for me. Yeah. Uh, I will be. keep an ear out for that. Thank you so much for being my guest for this year's Audiobook Lovin'. I adore you. I love your narration. So much. It's been an absolute pleasure. So glad to have been here. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program.